What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey, Inclined listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you all for checking out The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. It's a very dark day as the Dodgers have been eliminated from the NLDS, losing to the Washington Nationals in five games. 106 win season, all for nothing. I'm joined by a few guests today, all from Dodgers Lowdown. Let's start with David Rosenthal, the man who correctly predicted the Dodgers would have the most difficult time with the Nationals. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, you guys can follow me at underscore the real D Rose on Twitter. And uh, we'll look forward to getting to a lot of your questions and concerns for the Dodgers. Obviously, as Kevin mentioned, it's a sad day. Uh, but 106 win season, you know, a lot of rookies. They got a, you know, a lot of experience. So it's not all for nothing, but it's definitely a huge disappointment for me, the Dodgers, and, and all the fans. Thank you, David. We're also joined by Ian Nielsen. Welcome to the Incline. What's up, Ian? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Not good. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> I've seen. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ian E. Nielsen, I-A-N-E-N-I-E-L-S-O-N. Um, yeah, dude, um, opening thoughts. Uh, Kershaw's just seven, seven, year, seven years in a row. I mean, you can defend him all you want, but we know what we saw last night when your $31 million pitcher goes out there and is not able to perform at all. That's a problem. Um, obviously, Dave Roberts deserves some share of the big share of the blame for putting him in that situation. But um, yeah, 106 wins. It's baseball. It's a crapshoot. The Houston Astros could very well end up losing by the time uh, this is put out. So baseball playoffs are wild, man. Yes. It's always a crapshoot, especially in the NLDS. We're going to defend Kershaw, all right, but we'll get to that later. I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> the Incline's all about reaching out to the fans and having your voice heard, so we got some questions to address. First, 
This one comes from at Porter Kids P, aka Coach Porter. And then we also have a few other people asking about this, like Alex says at Alexander Aura Two. And Darla Jimenez, all pretty much wanting to know the same question, which is chances either Roberts, Friedman, or Pollock are not back next year. Who wants to take the floor? Yeah, I'll start with this one. Um, so the question, you know, Roberts being fired, you know, who would we, fi- who would we hire if he is fired? When is it going to happen? This is a tough one because he did, he, he did about everything a manager could do yesterday to get fired. Uh, but, you know, in his four seasons, they've won four division titles. They've reached the World Series twice. And as, you know, this year showed, they won 106 games, which is a franchise record. So, it, you know, it comes down to a lot of things for me. It's, first of all, Andrew Friedman's contract is up this October. So the first order of business is, you know, re-signing Friedman, getting his deal done. Hopefully, uh, I would like to see Friedman back. And then, you know, once Friedman's in place or if he leaves, then the next decision comes uh, around Dave Roberts. And like I said, he did everything, everything wrong yesterday. And for me personally, you know, given, you know, his, his past history in the postseason, you know, his past poor decisions handling pitchers, I think it does warrant being fired. You know, he's a great guy. You know, apparently the players love him. Uh, but clearly there's something missing there. And, and that, that something missing is how he manages the pitchers. You know, it's just, it's unfortunate decision after unfortunate decision. And with a team with so much talent and so much promise, uh, you, you just can't afford that. You know, he was, he was one of the most impactful players on the field yesterday and he wasn't even playing. And to me, that's unacceptable. Uh, so in terms of a timeline, first comes Friedman, next comes Roberts. I, I, I don't know how likely it is that they will fire him. Uh, but if they do, I would look at uh, Mike Sosha, Chase Utley, Joe Madden, if he's not hired already, as potential candidates to replace him. Mike Sosha, banned from the show. Ian? <laughs> yeah, uh, Roberts, Pollock, and Friedman, right? Those were the three? Right. Yeah, get that out of your minds that any three of those are going to be gone anytime soon. Dave Roberts is here for another four years. This team is a creature of habit. He will stay. Get used to it. Andrew Friedman not going anywhere. He's had a lot of success. Dodgers organization is not the kind of organization that's ready to take chances and let him go. AJ Pollock, who's going to pick him up? I mean, are they going to release his, what is it, three years in that option and his 14 plus million a year? Might as well just keep him around. Doubt anyone trades for him. If they do, it'll be a weird kind of salary dump kind of thing for someone that also has multiple years and a lot of money. Uh, No, these three will be around for sure. Uh, So get used to it. Um, that's my best advice. Uh, Dave Roberts is, this is what now going on three years now of him just in a lot of ways being the difference of potentially hoisting a trophy or two. Cause I tell you this, the Los Angeles Dodgers get past the Washington nationals to be a Monday morning quarterback. I mean, they get past the Washington nationals. They're going to the world series. Nationals are going to beat the Cardinals next series. Dodgers would have beat them, uh, go on to face either, Yankees, Houston, Rays, one of those three teams, you get about a 50-50 shot. Um, Roberts, while, while I think letting him go makes sense, while I think a lot of fans would like to see it, while I think in a lot of ways it would be a responsible move on the Dodgers to keep their fans engaged, um, it's not going to happen. This team has proven that 
they will do what they're going to do. And we as fans are going to continue purchasing the product and supporting this. And until there's significant financial uh, proof that they're not going to do that, I wouldn't expect any changes. That's just my take. Okay, Ian, just so I heard you correctly, you said the Washington Nationals are going to beat the Cardinals? Yes, five games, maybe six. I'm on board with that as well. Yeah, Nationals are going to the World Series. Oh, there's no way. I think, the, I think the Dodgers would have, would have rolled over the Cardinals, and I think the Nationals, well, yeah. three, three-headed monster, Strasburg, Corbin, and uh, Scherzer will, will take care of the Cardinals. And, dude, arguably Sanchez – had five of the best innings pitched that dude's nails too i mean that's a big four they got plus hudson looked pretty awesome out of the bullpen sean doolittle's proven he's a good relief pitcher i think their lineup is equal if not better than the cardinals um the home field advantage isn't going to mean much clearly it didn't mean much in the division series for either national league team so i yeah i think the uh cardinals go down in five or six and and don't forget, Davey Martinez has shown he's got balls and he'll do whatever it takes to get a win, no matter how unconventional it is. He is ballsy. Same as A.J. Hinch in that way, too. I agree. I'll keep this short and simple because this is not what I was supposed to talk about. I have to get to my what my main <laughs> opening <right>? thoughts are. <laughs> the Nationals threw out everything they had against the Dodgers, and there is no way that was sustainable for a seven-game series. This team has the worst bullpen in the history of baseball to qualify for a postseason, those guys are going to be half of what they were in this next round because they're going to be mighty fatigued. The best pitcher in this series is not Scherzer. It's not Strasburg. It's not even Corbin. It's going to be Jack Flaherty. Agreed. The guy has had a ERA of about one in the last two months. Along with that, Wainwright has been nails at home, unstoppable. Paul Goldschmidt, Marcelo Zuna, Yadier Molina have all been on fire. I don't think the Nationals have anything left in the tank. Their goal is to just get to round two. I think the Cardinals beat them in six. Damn. Okay. We'll have to see. Anyways. Yeah, sorry. Back on track. Darla Jimenez, who we mentioned a second ago, brings up a really good point. The entire series was mismanaged. Starting Kershaw in game two so he could come out of the pen in game five, there should have never been a game five. I just feel like he was always managing the next game instead of the current one. We had an entire bullpen for six outs. It's devastating. Darla couldn't be more damn right. The way Dave Roberts approached the series, it was him looking to win this in five and not three. This all went wrong when they announced Bueller as game one, when it should have been Ryu as your game one starter, Bueller game two, and Kershaw game three. Instead, we get Kershaw going game two. He gets his ass handed to him in the first two innings, only for him to come out of the bullpen, and we'll get to that later, giving up back-to-back home runs in the eighth inning. Dave Roberts has done everything he can for this ball club. There's really nothing left to say about it getting better. He blew it in the 17 World Series. He blew it last season, and he absolutely blew it. This NLDS, we'll break it down in a moment. Um, I asked a poll on Twitter, basically asking um, the audience, four guys, to choose who you would like as the Dodgers Dodgers' next manager for next season. Chase Utley, Dave Roberts, Joe Girardi, or Joe Madden. And right now, Joe Madden is the leader at 36%. Oh, God, no. That's even worse than Roberts. 
Yeah, I'm not a huge Joe Madden guy. He's more, you know, he was good for the Cubs for a while. He was good on Tampa Bay, but now he's more focused on proving to everyone how smart he is. I would see it as an upgrade. I would, but Joe Madden would not be my first choice. Joe Madden would, would not be my first choice either, either. Sorry, but he is an upgrade over Dave Roberts. Absolutely. I got into yeah. it very briefly with Vincent Sampaniero of Locked On Dodgers saying he doesn't get why Dodger fans would want Joe Madden. And he basically thought they, it wouldn't be a good chemistry. Um, hello, Andrew Friedman and Joe Madden were tag team partners out in Tampa Bay. Yeah. That scares me even more than Friedman's relationship with Rob. <laughs> to me, Joe Madden doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to roll over and just listen to what management has to say. That's true. But Joe Girardi is my first choice. I think he's the best manager on the market. I, you know what? In, in a perfect world, I like the idea of Girardi. Uh, I mean, we completely watch him blow the uh, what was it, 2017 playoffs for the Yankees. Uh, no, no, no. I think he made a terrible decision in 2017. Cleveland's cursed, so they kind of, you know, offset that. Yes. Uh, Girardi, my concern with him, um, not that the Dodgers – Dodgers, I think, are probably one of the least egotistical teams in the league. Outside of Kenley Jansen, you don't really have a big ego guy that kind of just brushes stuff off. Everyone is very accountable. There are a lot of good dudes in that team. Not saying Kenley's not a good dude, but he's just been known in the media to deflect anytime he struggles. Um, but I feel like Girardi's got a little bit of that – He's going to challenge guys in the dugout, whereas I think Roberts is very passive, whereas I think a guy like uh, Gabe Kapler sort of even has the analytical mind. Someone like a Dave Roberts is going to oh. agree with the players. He's going to be the player's best friend. Um, he's going to do what management says, whereas I think Girardi is going to challenge players. And these dudes make hundreds of millions of dollars, and they're going to – I think they would push back against it a lot. Um, so that would be an interesting choice. Perhaps he might make better decisions, but – there's a reason the New York Yankees let him go, and there's a reason they put it to a dude who literally is an announcer for ESPN, which if you work for ESPN, I'm not sure how much you know about baseball anyways. So that was pretty telling in that sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know. You know, in terms of the Ro the, the Roberts approach, clearly the, the you know, I'm going to be your friend type of, type of manager it isn't working, you know, at least for sustained postseason success. You know, it works in the regular season. He's always going to say – yeah, I believe in my guys. Like, I'll support you. And, you know, he, he puts both hands on players and gives them big hugs and stuff. You know, that's all great. But in the postseason, that's clearly not working. So I, I don't know what it is, but Dave Roberts just doesn't have that fire to me. You know, he doesn't argue balls. and He doesn't argue any calls. He's just – I just see him being more focused on just having a good time. And, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little little league aspect for me. I just don't see the fire. I agree. And to chime in and then – got this question which is the perfect transition to talk more about this game five dave roberts has a lot of resemblance to brady little to me in 2003 the boston red sox had one of the most stacked rosters of all time and they fell to the new york yankees bodovic was on um little leaving in pedro martinez too long because he was trying to do the whole i'm your friend i trust you which is exactly what Dave Roberts is doing with Kershaw. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox went on to fire Grady Little despite a great regular season, hired Terry Francona. They go on to win the World Series that next year. So, yeah. okay, so we got a question from Paul Carone. 
at PC1963. And he wants to know, why use Kershaw, who isn't used to relieving, and takes an inning to get into rhythm when you have Kenta? Where are the analytics in this move? Exactly. You know, it's, there's no logic. You know, Robert said after the game, I, I believe in Clayton in any situation. And, you know, it's, it's insulting, honestly, for a team that, that believes in analytics and lives and dies by the analytics – for in one game, they can just all throw that away because Clayton Kershaw has the name Kershaw on his back. And that's not a knock on Kershaw. This is solely a knock on Roberts. You know, Kershaw's given everything to this team for the last decade. And, you know, it's a, it's a travesty that he was put in that situation. You know, they, they threw him out there to die when they had, you know, Maeda or Baez could have faced Rendon. Baez is holding right-handed hitters to a 172 average this year. Maeda was lights out. And then you bring in Kalerik for Soto. It's, it's a joke. You know, they relied on analytics all season, and then, you know, Roberts decides to go, with, go this route. And, you know, maybe it wasn't Roberts. Maybe it wasn't all Roberts. Maybe it was a little Friedman. But I got to believe that was, that was Roberts. You know, there's, there's no excuse to throw, throw away the analytics just because Kershaw has the name Kershaw on his back. It's, it's, it really was a joke. Yeah, I'm sorry. Could you uh, repeat the question real quick? The question was, why use Kershaw in the eighth inning when you have Kenta? Yeah. Um, man, it's really a shame to see what's going on with Kershaw. Obviously, if you look on uh, my Twitter, you can see that I had a field day with it. Obviously, um, the struggles have been documented. Uh, and at this point, it's not even luck anymore. It's not like, oh, he's got bad postseason luck, but he's a great regular season pitcher. He had a fine regular season. Beat up on a lot of National League teams. Um, his home run rate is spiked. His velocity's down. Let's just be honest, guys. He's not what he once was. Like, it's unfortunate to say it, but he just unfortunately does not have it like he used to. Um, I, I can't answer that question because I, I don't understand. Dave Roberts, for some reason, coming into this game, for day, like since game four, it, talking about we're going to piggyback Kershaw off Walker. I don't know what his obsession was with that. It's like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy for him to make sure – Kershaw yep. pitched in that game. I don't know why, but yep. he was obsessed with it for some reason. Uh, I think it was a terrible decision. They did not utilize their best pitchers. Uh, if it was me in that situation, you either go to Kenta. I would trust Joe Kelly against him. I trust Kenley Jansen against Rendon. I trust virtually anybody against Anthony Rendon uh, out of the pen. Baez, even though he was tipping his pitches. Yodu Rias, Kalarik was available to pitch to Soto after. Um, and Kershaw's been susceptible to the long ball. He didn't have his regular pregame regimen workout like he does when he starts. And you're, I think you were asking too much out of a guy that is kind of unreliable at this point in the postseason with home runs, juice balls potentially is what everyone seems to think. So the spike in home runs times Kershaw doing that, I, it was a disaster waiting to happen. I agree with both of you guys. I don't have much to add. We're going to get to hitters in one second. But how do you let – how do you stack your bullpen and then have them all watching just to go to Clayton Kershaw in the eighth inning? It made no sense. Yeah. Going to Kershaw to get Eden out was the perfect situation. You, a one lefty versus lefty matchup. Yep. Clean slate. You got a right-hander coming up. Best hitter on the team. All about analytics. They live and die righty versus righty. And then in a do-or-die game, they, they, go with Clayton, they go with Clayton Kershaw, break the rule, a guy who had been susceptible to giving up hard contact on the first pitch all year long. And what do, what do Randone and Soto do? They both homer on the first pitch. Back-to-back -back pitches. It's an insult to Dodgers fans that they, 
you know, they go with the analytics and they go with the, the lefty-lefty matchup, the righty-righty matchup all year, and then they do that to us. Yeah, I mean, I would have rather bullpen. had Jansen out there than Kershaw. Anyone out of the bullpen, literally anyone out of the bullpen because they're relievers and they're not Clayton Kershaw who's been asked to do too much for too many years. Okay, let's talk hitters now. Best hitter of this series, without a doubt, I would go Max Muncy, finished by hitting 263 with three home runs, seven RBIs. Right behind him, Justin Turner, he had two home runs, five RBIs, hit 286. After that, it gets really bad. I mean, Corey Seager hit 150, no RBIs. Cody Bellinger hit 211, no RBIs. Will Smith, one for 13. That's an 077 batting average. AJ Pollock set an NLDS record, 11 strikeouts. He went 0 for 13 with one walk. And then Gavin Lux did all right, hit 222, but he got overmatched by Scherzer and Strasburg. Mm-hmm. Taylor hit 125. Beatty hit 375, but all those hits came in non-pressure situations. Uh, I, I could add to that later. Kike Hernandez showed up in game five. He had a home run. He finished the series hitting 429. And, I mean, David Friest, they, they failed to utilize him, but he hit 500 this series. So uh, where do did. you guys want to start? Well, you got to start with the obvious. You got to start with Bellinger and Seager. Uh, you know, it's – when you're when two of your best hitters perform like that, you know it makes it very very hard to win to win the games. There's not a lot you can you can do. Uh, you know that's that's two or three consecutive postseasons where Bellinger and Seager have really struggled, and you know that that's the one the one fine line where I, I do give Dave Roberts a break. Uh, you know they you, you need more out of those guys. It's that simple. Uh, they did enough in game five. I, I truly believe that the Muncie two run home run and the Kike Hernandez home run was enough to win game five, but talking series long, you can't have that from Seager and Bellinger. You just can't. And I don't know what happened with Pollock. He was pretty consistent for the second half of the year. Uh, you know, he's going to be around for the next, I believe three years. So, uh, you know, hopefully that'll get straightened out. But th- the real problem is, was, was Seager and Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and here's what here the ahead, other thing ahead. I want to know with the Dodgers, they're the only I'm gonna say it in air quotes because they haven't won a title, but they've won seven straight divisions and they've been the most consistent team of the 2010s dynasty. How, how are they progressively getting younger and less experienced? I've never seen a team do that. I've seen teams have their core get older and mature together, but they're replacing guys that I, and I'm gonna I know Yasmani Grandaladis struggles and there was kind of a revolving door at second base for years. But you're replacing your position play, everyday position players in the postseason. Guys, Will Smith, who's been in the league for what two and a half months, Gavin Lux played about a total of three weeks at the end of the season. You're asking these guys to come in and play on the world's biggest stage against the top arms in baseball at the top level with the most pressure. And I think that's one of the things I don't understand. I mean, we've watched it every year. They're can they're just bringing in these young guys and. I don't get it. And don't get me wrong, the veterans struggled. A.J. Pollock struggled. Cody Bellinger and Seager, not that they're necessarily veterans, but this is not their first rodeo in the postseason. Seager's been to, excluding last year, what, three, four now? Bellinger's been, this is the third time now. Um, So outside of those guys, there is a struggle. But, I mean, look, Justin Turner has the experience. He does well. 
David Freeze, experience, does well. Matt Beatty didn't play enough, so it's really hard to say I know he's one of the young guys. Uh, but it, that's the thing that I didn't understand. Will Smith and Gavin Lux having a little bit of trouble, very understandable. You, you're expecting way too much out of young guys, and I think that's one of the fatal flaws that this offense has. Young guys strike out. Young guys are eager. Young guys haven't – they don't really have the patience down. And they, I don't understand when they're not going to learn on that one. They're just trying to rely on these dudes who have been in the league for less than five years – to perform on the world's biggest stage year in and year out. I don't get it. Well, I think that's what, that's what the Pollock signing was about, but you know, that clearly didn't pan out in the postseason. Dodgers were two and one with Pollock in the lineup and oh and two with Pollock out of the lineup. Well, chalk that one up to coincidence. <laughs> if I, I wrote this in the article and I stand by it. I would have started A.J. Pollock in that game five just because there was that key inning. Uh, was it the sixth or the seventh? But Bellinger gets on, steals the base. We got a leadoff man now in scoring position. Beatty comes up. He strikes out. Seeger comes up. He strikes out. And honestly, I feel like Pollock, it's really stupid to say, I feel like he was due – he was 7 for 14 against Strasburg lifetime and then 0 for 3 in that first time they met up. But you just got to trust your veterans in these situations. Beatty looked overmatched in any pressure spot. And honestly, not moving over the runner could have cost them. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could look at it that way. But, I mean, you know, if he started, that would have meant Kike or Beatty was out of the lineup. Uh, and, you know, both of those guys, you know, Beatty did get a hit. I believe it was off Strasburg. Uh, so, you know, it's – you take what you can get. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the lineup. I thought, you know, the Kike start was, was ballsy and it paid off. Uh, it's, just, it's just a shame the offense went cold after the second inning and obviously a shame of, uh, you know, how Dave Roberts handled it. Yeah, I mean, we ha- Ian is going to head out. Thank you for joining the incline. This guy wanted to know – Fair question, I guess. IGC 1019. But don't let that trick you because his Twitter handle is at IGC 1091. <laughs> so he wants to know, should the Dodgers put Seager and or Bellinger on the market for pitching? No point in having them if they disappear in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say no to that one. Uh, you know, they're – they're still young. They have, you know, all the experience now the past three postseasons. You know, they're two cornerstones of the team. Uh, there is no universe in which they trade either of them. Yeah, I don't think either of them are going. And it really kills me because the Dodgers were set up for an NLCS with the Cardinals. And you look at every starting pitcher on the Cardinals, for one, they're right-handers, two. A lot of them are heavy sinker ball throwers. And you know what Cody Bellinger and Seager profile the mo- the best against in terms of a fastball? It's the sinker. Seager has a lot of issues hitting hard stuff in those inside breaking balls. So Oh, don't the inside breaking ball just killed him this series. It was definitely what exposed him and it's just unfortunate because he was gonna get hot in the next round. But it is what it is. Yeah, um, so I got a question here. Uh, this is from at two dogs in a coat. It's pretty good at. 
uh, but he goes by NL MVP Cody Pollinger. Uh, he says, Kenta Maeda made the move from starter to relief for situations just like last night, and yet Robert seems to always forget that before it's too late. Nevertheless, he's always clutch. Why is this, and what do you think Maeda's future with the team is? Yeah, I'll yeah. start with this one. Yeah. And Maeda wants to be a starting pitcher. He says it at the end of every season. That's usually the first thing you hear from Kenta Maeda is, I want to make myself a starting pitcher. And this might have been the last hurrah with the amount of starting pitching depth that's about to come in, all the young guys. And it would not surprise me if we see Kenta Maeda get dealt this offseason. And I kind of think it's inevitably, inevitably going to happen. Yeah, I would hate to see that because, uh, you know, he's been an incredible reliever in the postseason. I think he's, a, he's an incredible asset to have in the bullpen. Uh, you know, I, I think he – he, uh, you know, he likes being a Dodger. Uh, you're absolutely right. He prefers to be a starter. Uh, but at the end of the day, he sacrificed, you know, that need for the team in the playoffs. Uh, he's under contract through 2023. So, uh, you know, his future with the team, if they, you know, as long as they don't trade him is, you know, I think it's a bright one. Uh, you know, he can give you some starts during the regular season. Uh, but I would love, love to see him make the transition to the bullpen and have him be on board with it. Like I said, he's a valuable, valuable weapon to have. I had a lot of doubts about bullpen Kenta Maeda, but I know you were on it early on, and he really proved it to me. I was. He, he can be elite, and I take back all the negative things I have said about bullpen Kenta Maeda. Phenomenal job. Best man out of the bullpen for this postseason. Yeah, he deserves all the credit in the world. I'm going to die on this hill because I just have to. And I think the Dodgers should have gone with Austin Barnes over Will Smith. And Ian, oh. Ian brought up a great point saying they were going too young heavy instead of counting on the veterans. And you know what? After seeing Will Smith hit a .077 clip, that's pretty much worse than any series Austin Barnes had ever had in the postseason. And the horrible two outings we saw by Kershaw really showed to me that they just never had a real thing going. Outside of Walker Buehler and Kenta Maeda, all the other pitching, all the other pitchers when throwing to Will Smith got absolutely flamed. Ryu had to always throw with Martin because they just were in sync. And I just – honestly, if Austin Barnes was the catcher for the Dodgers, I think a lot of things would have went right. Well, you already know I'm going to disagree with you here. Uh, and just just for the record, in the 2018 World Series, Austin Barnes hit a whopping zero. He went 0 for 11. In the 2018 NLCS, he hit 111, 2 for 18. In the 2017 World Series, he hit 174. 2017 NLCS, he hit 133. Hey, that's you know, than it, Smith. I, well, it, it barely, you know, and, and let's not forget Smith missed a walk-off home run last night by about three feet. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on the young guys, you know, they're asking too much out of the young guys, but that's why you have Russell Martin. Look what Russell Martin did in his one start there. If they wanted to, you know, go with the veteran you have one sitting on the bench you don't need you know you don't need Austin Barnes for that you need to play Russell Martin if you're going to go with that angle but they ended up going with with Smith's potential and you know it came up about 
three feet short of a magical walk-off to send them to the NLCS. Fair enough. Um, I definitely thought Martin should have caught Rich Hill for game four. That was a flatal flaw, in my opinion. I would have stuck with Smith for Bueller because they had a great thing going, so you can't mess that up. But at the end of the day, Joe Kelly was a mess. He had a 23 ERA. Pedro Baez gave up a three-run home run. Yeah. You had Caleric, who only faced one one guy, so it's too small a sample size. It was always Soto. And then Julio Urias, he got the loss in game, one of the games as well. Just a lot went wrong for the bullpen. And then Kenley Jansen never got a clutch um, situation. Just not right. Yeah, this is like an extreme case of Murphy's Law, in my opinion. You know, what can go wrong will, and, you know, what – that's that's just what happened. You know, everything that could go wrong basically went wrong. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next question. I believe you have that one. I do, yeah. So this is from Doyers and Chill, not to be confused with the former Dodgers and Chill, who is now Astros and Chill or, or <laughs> whatever, whatever she is. Uh, so this Doyers and Chill, who's now depressed Dodger fan, is asking – do you think the front office will sign Cole and Rendon this offseason? Okay. Garrett Cole is going to be probably the highest paid pitcher on a per annual basis this coming offseason, even yep. more than Rendon, in my opinion. And I just don't see the stars lining up with Cole and the Dodgers, considering they have a plethora of starting pitchers ready to make their name out there one being Gonsolin, who shouldn't have been off, left off the roster, but whole different issue. Dustin May, Julio Arias, and then you got Kershaw coming back. Bueller. And Bueller, along with possibly Maeda. So, going to say Strickland. no. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I don't either, but he's there. <laughs> he's there. You're right on that. And then Rendon, he just rejected, I believe, something around the around the. Mark of seven years, two hundred ten million from the Nationals. We'll Did see. he reject it? I believe that I was. What, I, I don't know if he. Maybe the, he didn't reject it, but he didn't accept yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So that's offer still out there, and I don't see the Dodgers matching that, considering they have guys waiting in the wings as well. I mean, Jeter Downs, he's out there. They got Estevez, another infield guy to keep your eye out on and then of course Lux Muncie Turner's not done just yet Bellinger and Seager so I'm gonna say no on either I'm gonna agree with you there Uh, I don't think the stars align for Rendon with Turner still being around and you know frankly the Dodgers just don't don't offer those big contracts that often or if ever you know I could see them you know throwing a three-year deal worth you know 120 million at Garrett Cole but you know with I don't know who his agent is, but if it's anything close to Scott Boris, he won't accept a short-term deal. I think he's going to be the highest-paid pitcher, like you said. I think he could fetch close to $40 million a year, probably around the ballpark of 35 for like seven or eight years. So I just don't see the stars aligning, unfortunately. Yeah, Garrett Cole is going to the Angels, in my opinion. And I so agree. Joe Madden, and the Angels are going to win the AL West next season. You heard it here first on the incline. I hope so. I don't I don't hate the Angels, but I don't like the Astros. Did anyone ask about Ryu or do we just gotta bring it up? 
Uh, why don't we just go ahead and talk about it? I'm not, I'm not sure if someone did. Someone might have. Okay. In case you guys didn't know, Ryu is represented by Scott Boris. And Ryu took a chance on himself. The Dodgers threw out the qualifying offer, and he took it. But with that being said, I don't think if he had he would have gotten anything better than about two years, $20 million total. That is a different story heading into this free agency period. I expect Ryu to be getting something around the lines of three years, $60 million. That'll take him up to his age 36 or 37, depending on what day his birthday is on. And I don't think the Dodgers are going to pay him that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's 32 years old. Uh, obviously he had a Cy Young caliber season this year and he had a good season, a shortened season in the year before, but you know, with, with, you know, the Kershaw contract, the Pollock contract, I just don't know if that's the route they're going to go. Uh, you know, I saw an article saying, you know, w- even with all the arbitration adjustments, cause a lot of guys on the Dodgers will be getting raises, uh, you know, Muncie, Hernandez, all these guys who are in their arbitration will be getting, you know, some, in some cases, significant raises. But even with that, I saw that they're estimating the Dodgers will have around 50 million uh, in space before they reach the luxury tax. So, you know, they do have some room, you know, to wiggle, uh, you know, some wiggle room. And I, I hope that's spent on a starter and a reliever. Uh, you know, they, like you said, they have starting, you know, guys they can plug into the rotation. But as we're seeing in the postseason, dominant starting pitching is what wins. Cole, Verlander, Strasburg, Scherzer, uh, you know, Flaherty. So, you know, they're going to have some room to spend. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, who, where they spend it on. And, you know, the first step is, is getting Friedman back. So I, would, uh, I, I wouldn't hold your breath for anything imminent. Got it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Andrew Friedman needs to come back. He's made some questionable moves around the deadline time. But he's also showed he's not afraid to go after the big fish. He got Machado when everyone wanted him. And he got you Darvish when the majority of people wanted him. Yeah, and you got to remember, Darvish was the number one target that year. Even though Verlander obviously was the, was the you know, in hindsight, better choice, Darvish was the number one pitcher on the market. Yeah, that's what many Dodger fans think. I know, I know it's a hindsight is clouding my bias, but yeah, it's definitely true. Um, yeah, I think the Dodgers, they're going to make a move. Nothing spectacular in terms of pitching. I think they go out and sign a reliever. Will Smith, the lefties available. I wouldn't mind picking him up. That would be excellent. Cause I believe the rule is going to change next year. I think the pitchers have to face three batters minimum, and Caleric is in trouble. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, in terms of anything else, I got to just rephrase or paraphrase this. This, in my opinion, this season was the biggest choke in Los Angeles sports history. <laughs> I mean, you've had a Dodgers team – with a franchise record, 106 wins, losing round one. Nothing like this has ever happened to the Lakers. Nothing like this has happened to the LA Kings. Nothing like this happens to USC or UCLA. But for the Dodgers, this was their team. The Nationals had no bullpen, and they threw out the same arms every night, and the hitters just didn't show up. 
your MVP caliber player, Bellinger, looked fooled out there. Seager, who had been so hot all of September, was a no-show. And Dave Roberts got outmanaged by a guy who was on the brink of being fired at the midway point this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a real shame. Uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't go as far to call as the biggest choke in LA sports history, just because, you know, I don't believe the players necessarily choked. I think they did what they had to do to win that game. And I think Robert's hung him out to dry. Uh, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a, a very fun off season. It's going to take a while to get that taste out of our mouths. But, you know, you got to factor in, you know, the team was missing spark plug, you know, Alex Verdugo, uh, you know, they, they relied on a lot of rookies to get the job done. You know, hopefully they realize that, you know, Kershaw isn't the Clayton Kershaw of old. And, and you know, he's in the postseason at least. He's, in, you know, a number, you know, a number three starter. And, you know, you can't – there's no benefit of bringing him out of the bullpen, uh, you know. So it's going to be – We'll see what happens. You know, I still have a lot of faith in this Dodgers team. You know, they have so many young guys. They have, I mean, just look at Bellinger's 24, Bueller's 25, Seager's 25, Verdugo's 23, Arias is 23, Lux is 21, Smith is 24, May is 22, Gonsolin's 25, Beatty's 26. Uh, And that's not even including any of their farm. So, you know, they have a lot to work with. So don't give up hope. It's a very unfortunate ending. Uh, but they're not going away. Absolutely. The talent is there, so we don't need to panic Dodger fans. This team will be back in the postseason next season. The only question which will be looming for days now is will the Dodgers fire Dave Roberts? And I think it's a must if they want to win a World Series. I'm going to throw it out there, and it's just a harsh reality, but if Dave Roberts is the manager of the Dodgers, the team is never going to win a World Series. I, you know, I, I can't go that far. I, I will go as far as to say I think they should get rid of him. Uh, but, you know, with, with the talent they have, you know, hopefully he learns from his mistakes. Hopefully they let, you know, someone else make these pitching decisions. You know, you have Bob Guerin and, and right there. And it's just been painful to see him, you know, implode making these terrible decisions. Uh, but, you know, I, it's I'm, I'm caught because I like the guy, but I, I agree. I, I don't know if they can win a World Series with him. It's time for the Dodgers to change the game and hire a bullpen coordinator. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all. Anyone can make those lineups for the Dodgers with the talent they have. Dave Roberts has one of the easiest jobs in baseball based off the amount of talent that's been given to him year after year. And he still manages to find a way to screw it up. He is almost identical to Don Mattingly at this point. And it's just a damn shame. If only Joe Torre was 10 years younger, he'd be our manager right now. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't like Joe. Joe was, was not very good as a Dodger. Hot take, but he did take the team to back-to-back NLCSs when the starting pitching was very mediocre at that time. He he did manage pitchers a little bit better. I'll give him that. His but, bullpen, I mean, basically anyone does. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have Kershaw then. He was a very young kid. And Manny Ramirez was lighting it up with his insane averages. Jonathan Broxton kind of blew it. Yep. Um, 
I don't know if we have anything else to talk about on the incline. This season came to a very abrupt ending. You picked the Nationals. I don't. I just can't see it. I'm going Cardinals. I actually had entering this season. I had the Dodgers Cardinals lined up for the NLCS, and I was only half right. And it was the side I was hoping to not be right about. I'm gonna pick the Cardinals to face the Yankees World Series. I'm gonna pick the Nationals versus the Astros, and I think the Astros take it in about five, six games. Five or six. Okay, I'll go Yankees in four. Wow, okay. <laughs> this theme of the season appears to be a buzzkill, and that's what we're going to get for the World Series. Yeah, spring training can't come soon enough. Yes. Thank you all for listening to The Incline. We really appreciate you supporting the Dodgers throughout this 2019 season. 106 wins, seventh consecutive NL West crown. A lot of walk-offs and a lot of young talent with a bright future ahead. Yeah, a lot to look forward to. You know, don't give up hope. Very unfortunate ending, but they'll be back soon. Absolutely. And make sure to follow Dodgers Lowdown. Keep you updated throughout the offseason. The incline will be switching gears, probably going to be more Lakers and Rams moving forward. But once the winter meetings start, we'll be back talking baseball. Sounds like a plan. All right. Any final words, David? No, uh, you know, I hope, you know, they make the right decision. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, part ways with Roberts and, you know, I, I, I hope they have, you know, I hope they don't just replace him to replace him. I hope there's, a, a, you know, a, a valuable candidate who can manage pitching and get the players motivated. Uh, I'm encouraged with this Dodgers team. They're super young. I love the prospects, and I think they're going to do big things. I think we just have to – I know it's a lot to ask, but continue to be patient, and uh, hopefully they make a splash in the offseason and, and get right back to another uh, NL West championship and hopefully a World Series championship. Yes. Patience is key right now. I'll leave you at this. If the Dodgers had started Ryu game one, Bueller game two, and Kershaw game three, it would have been a sweep. But it did not happen that way. Thank you all for listening. We out.
buy to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.